Broadway for Monday, February eighteenth, uh-huh. two thousand nineteen. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini, and I am Broadway stars James Marino. Forgot to change the date in that script. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Monday. Um, I have to apologize to everybody. I thought I was going to have the Reeve Carney interview up over the weekend. I did not. I apologize. I had family come in town that I forgot about. So I uh, didn't get a chance to edit it, but it will be uh, in the feed this afternoon. So uh, we will have that just a, a day late and not a dollar short because it's a podcast and it's free. But uh, that will be there. But we did have this week on Broadway in the feed over the weekend. And James, you got the chance to weigh in on the Peter and Michael debate about um, To Kill a Mockingbird. So I was I was glad you had your two cents. Yeah, uh, we talked about it uh, just a bit because we've we've talked about it to death and it's been open forever. So I, I just wanted to put my two cents in at the end. Uh, and um, so, yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, best show ever. <laughs> so what else uh, of note did you guys discuss on the show on Sunday? Uh, you know, um, something that I never thought, uh, would be was, um, having an in-depth discussion with Peter Felicia about Van Halen. So, uh, Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what is the context of that discussion? Uh, uh, Eddie and Dave at the Atlantic theater. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Stands for Eddie, Eddie Van Halen and, uh, and David Lee Roth, uh, performed by two women. Which yeah. sort of reminded me of the uh, what was the 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 Ben uh, uh, the, the guys the the born the born supremacy what's his name Matt Damon yeah Matt and Ben remember oh, Matt and Ben yeah I remember you I I don't remember you've talked about it before it was like uh, uh, wasn't it Mindy Mindy Kaling uh, oh wrote yeah that or yeah 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 so um, so. Um, I think that's where the parallels end, but Peter Peter <laughs> Peter gave the uh, uh, Eddie and Dave a rave review. Unfortunately, it closed at the Atlantic on Sunday, yeah. um, but possibly just word of mouth was so good on it. Possibly we'll see it again. Well, and believe it or not, that's not the last time we're going to discuss Van Halen on today's show. So uh, we'll we'll circle around back to that. Wow! Excellent. So, yeah, and uh, we talked about the day before spring, the musicals Mufti, Marilyn May at the at Iridium. Uh, we talked about the other Josh Cohn. We weren't planning on it, but we ended up talking about uh, other Josh Cohn. So it was a fun uh, This Week on Broadway. Awesome. All right. So first up in the news, scary story here. San Francisco Hamilton performance ended in a panic. Yeah, James, this was quite the scary situation at the SHN Orpheum in San Francisco on Friday night. Details are, are still honestly a bit sketchy, but we have some official statements, some media reports and audience reports as well. So I think we've kind of pieced together at least a solid outline of what happened. So what it sounds like is in the last minute or so of the Friday night performance after Hamilton, uh, spoiler alert, was killed by Burr, not only musical theater spoiler, but history spoiler, um, and all all of the characters are kind of talking about what happened afterwards. Thomas Jefferson uh, talking about he couldn't undo his financial situation plan if he wanted to. All of that stuff leading up to Eliza's ending. Um, that's when everything happened. So it sounds like there were two different medical emergencies. NBC Bay Area reported that, quote, a boy reportedly had a seizure at the same time that there was a gunshot sound coming from the play confusing the crowd. Now, this has kind of been um, – 
pushed back upon by audience members who said it was, like I said, a, a few minutes after the gunshot um, or at least the reaction that caused the commotion was after uh, it was a minute or so after the gunshot. So that's still a little hazy. But according to the San Francisco Fire Department, there was a separate incident in which an audience member had a heart attack and emergency personnel used an automated external defibrillator, which triggered an alarm. Now, this is what probably caused um, just as much of the commotion as anything. That automatic alarm triggered. It did not create like the fire extinguisher or fire uh, alarm, really loud noise, but it did cause flashing lights, lights. Uh, you know, house light kind of stuff the, for emergency went on and people started to get concerned. In the confusion, an audience member reportedly yelled gun. The cast was rushed off stage and the audience began vacating the building when they could. Others hid in, under their seats and tried to stay clear of what they thought might be an active shooter situation. Obviously, once everyone was able to figure out that everything was safe, the show was not finished. It was not resumed. Reportedly, the woman who suffered the heart attack was revived and taken to the hospital. There is no word on the condition of the child who reportedly had the seizure. In a statement, Hamilton's company, uh, the company said, quote, along with SHN, we remain dedicated to protecting the safety of our audiences and our own company members in every city where Hamilton plays. Now, they also said that patrons from uh, Friday night's performance um, are in the process of being contacted and invited to return to see Hamilton at the Orpheum at a later date. Good thing because Hamilton is getting ready to have a sit-down show, a uh, sit-down production in San Francisco, so lots of opportunities for them. But, um, James, obviously, thankfully, this is not an active shooter situation, as many in the audience thought it was on Friday night. But that does not make it any less terrifying for the people that had to go through it. And I, and I really wonder, James, at what point will security at all confined public gathering places, not just theaters, but anywhere where there's a lot of people and very few exits that people can get out of quickly. When is the, the situation with security going to be, in, be increased to TCA levels? I'm honestly kind of surprised that we haven't seen that happen more so in, in recent years with the rash of for lack of a better term, uh, you know, sh shootings um, at public spaces, whether it's the, you know, concerts in uh, in France and in bombings in England or at the big co country music festival in Las Vegas. I, I kind of feel like those are all different situations, obviously, but y you would have thought that at some point that might increase security to levels far beyond what we normally see with just the general open your bag and move on at theaters. Yeah. Uh, by T TCA, you mean TSA? Uh, yes, the Television Critics Association makes no sense. Yes, T yes. TSA. T yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, air, uh, for international folks, that's the airport security levels here in the United States. Um, so I, I hate to even uh, talk about this, but at one point or another in this crazy land of ours, we're going to have to deal with a shooting in the theater. And uh, and it, it, and as you have mentioned, you know, we there is a cursory look at lots of things. I, I went in to see, I went in to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird last week, and uh, uh, my wife and I had just gone to the store, and I had a big bag full of uh, with a box in it, and again, they kind of just waved us in. Uh, anything could have been in that box, and it's terrible to think that terrible. But 
it's also terrible what you know continues to happen as we just pass the one year mark of of the tragedy in Florida um, on Valentine's Day. Uh, I, I have no answers here, and no. it's uh, unfortunately it's it's a ticking ticking time. What do we have in uh, this week's theatrical schedule? Well, we have a lot, James, as we have in the last few weeks. So I'm just going to run through it really quickly. Um, if there's anything that catches your eye or mm-hmm. ear, James, let me know and we can talk about it. But first up tonight, one night only, the star-studded production of the Scarlet Pimpernel from the Manha- from Manhattan Concert Productions will take place at Lincoln Center, as we've talked about before. Um, a great cast led by Tony Asbeck, Laura Osnes, Norm Lewis, Drew Galing, um, Corey Cott, uh, John Tracy Egan, um, Alex uh, Noel, um, ton- Kevin Duda, t- tons of great folks. Um, if you don't have tickets, I know there are some uh, discount codes floating around there. Check Laura Osnes is uh, social media. I think I saw some there, but also happening um, on, uh, uh, on on Monday night, um, the very first performance. Actually, I'm sorry. It, I take that back. It is on Tuesday. Sorry. This is the beginning of Tuesday. The very first performance of the new musical Diana written by Joe DiPietro and David Bryan, member of the band Van Halen. Um, mm. It is directed by Christopher Ashley and choreographed by Kelly Devine. Um, this is one that we'll be talking about quite a bit more, I believe, James, as I think this one, as long as it doesn't suck, will be eyeing New York very, very quickly. Uh, also on a Tuesday night, the off-Broadway production of Merrily We Roll Along from the Fiasco Theater Company and the Roundabout Theater Company officially opens as does, does Lynn Nottage's By the Way Meet Vera Stark from Signature Theater. Then on Wednesday, the play that goes wrong officially opens off-Broadway at New World Stages. And also on Wednesday, beginning previews off-Broadway from the Atlantic Theater Company, is the new play The Mother by Florian Zeller, translated by Christopher Hampton. Trip Coleman directs Isabel Huppert. Chris Noth, Justin Smith, and Odessa Young. Then moving to Thursday, we have the official off-Broadway opening of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish at Stage 42. We also have the opening of We Are the Tigers off-Broadway at uh, Theater 80 at St. Mark's. This is one we talked about, which is the uh, the cheerleading musical where they have a sleepover and people get murdered, which sounds fun. Um, also on Thursday, we have the first preview to per, uh, performance of Lincoln Center Theater's Nantucket Sleigh Ride, which previously James has informed me is a uh, a whaling term, which I didn't realize. Um, it is a new play by John Guare, directed by J- uh, Jerry Zaks and starring John Larroquette, Will Swenson, Adam Chandler Barat, Tina Binko, Douglas Sills, which is why he can't do uh, Pimpernel, um, and more. We'll also have the first preview on Thursday night of the off-Broadway musical Chick Flick the Musical at the West Side Theater. If you're not sure what Chick Flick the Musical is, check your feeds. I talked with the star, Lindsay Nicole Chambers, on uh, Tell Me More uh, just a few weeks ago. And then, James, the saddest day in the history of, of New York theater, the off-Broadway production of God Shows Up, written by Peter Felicia, officially closes at the Playroom Theater. Moment of silence, please. Uh, and then Sunday, February 24th, we have the official opening of Hurricane Diane, not related to the musical Diana, completely different. This is off-Broadway at the New York Theater Workshop, directed by Lee Silverman. It is a new play um, by Madeline George. So lots of stuff going on there. If you want more information on any of these shows, uh, times, tickets, cast, uh, descriptions, I will have links to all of these shows in the show notes that you can check out. 
the third week in February, it's when Broadway plants its seeds. Yeah, seriously. I mean, everything's open. Everything's at least going into previews and opening. And uh, this is what we're going to be talking about. A lot of these things, I'm sure, are going to be talking about all spring. All right. What other news do we have? Okay, I want to. Normally, I don't put reviews in here, but it, it kind of felt right to throw this one in here towards the end. I'm going to talk about this new. It's actually two shows, two one-person monologues, Seawall and A Life, that officially opened last week at the Public Theater. Um, the two plays are by Simon Stephen and Nick Payne, uh, respectively, and both are directed by Carrie Cracknell. Um, they feature Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge two quite big stars uh, of stage and screen um, and seawall and a life are currently scheduled to run through March 31st. Now, Greg Evans of deadline said, quote, in the public's double bill, Seawall and a Life, Tom Sturge and Jake Gyllenhaal deliver scorching performances that can stand alongside anything on the New York stage so far this season. The pair, also currently co-starring in Netflix's Velvet Buzzsaw, might owe their fame to movies, but here again, they stake their claim on the stage. Marilyn Stasio from Variety also had uh, nice things to say. Um, she said, quote, but in the context of these monologues, a word like delight must be taken with caution. There's pleasure to be had at the sound of pretty pose, prose, and it's a joy to watch two fine actors perform in flawless character. But it might have it might take a couple of stiff drinks to get the ashen taste of death out of your mouth. Both of these individual monologues deal with death and personal loss and how people get through them. And so there is a lot of symbiosis between the two monologues that are being performed. Now, that is something that Matt Winman from AM New York actually took a little bit um, of, of, of issue with. He said, quote, the idea of bringing the monologues together ultimately is also questionable. The fact that they are so similar has the unintended effect of creating a sense of repetition and monotony following the intermission. Also problematic is the fact that the monologues should really be performed in a more intimate setting than the proscenium-style Newman Theater, one of the larger spaces at the public theater. Having Sturridge and Gyllenhaal perform against a wide-open terrain proves to be unnecessarily distracting, and their unamplified voices are sometimes hard to hear. Now, James, like I said, this is currently scheduled to run through March 31st, and I don't think a damn word that any critic would have said um, could have prevented this from being completely sold out. But for the most part, I'm glad that these reviews are um, are, are as strong as they are, even if the content is a little down um, and depressing, But uh, because it's nice to see stars that have their their fame from TV and movies um, continue to do really kind of interesting smaller theater stuff and not feel like every time they come to uh, come to New York to do a show it has to be some huge Broadway thing so I'm I, I'm really appreciative of Sturridge and Jalen Hall that they do something like this um, you know fairly fairly regularly uh, and do do interesting things as well. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, these are folks as you point out that don't need to put themselves out there for critical review and they're doing it, which is, which is huge, uh, risk takers and, and art is about risk. So this is very exciting. Yep. All right. Let's stick off Broadway and think, talk about something else that I think is probably going to be pretty uh, exciting. On Friday, on Friday, Playwrights Horizons announced additional information about their upcoming production of Hallie Pfeiffer's The Pain of My Belligerence. Now, not only is the playwright going to star in her work, which will be directed by the aforementioned Never Out of Work Trip Coleman, but she will appear opposite stars of stage and screen Hamish Linklater and Vanessa Kai. The show is scheduled to run from March 29th through May 12th and, quote, 
quote, holds the fraught power dynamics of a relationship up against the country's current tug of war of regression and profound awakening regarding gender. I think Hallie Pfeiffer is one of the next big not that she's doesn't have a great career already, but I think she's one of the next uh, playwrights that we see done off Broadway quite a bit to break through uh, on a big scale uh, nationally and on Broadway and stuff. So we'll see when when and if that happens. And finally, on Friday, the Roundabout Theater Company announced their lineup of new works for their off Broadway 2019 2020 season. I'm just going to run through them really quickly. The season will feature 72 Miles to Go by Hilary Bettis, What the End Will Be uh, by Jirai Brian Holder, and Darling Grenadine, Roundabout Underground's first musical in over a decade. This one written by uh, Daniel Zeitchik. For more information on all of the shows and RTC's off-Broadway season, check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 